Vikings win another one-score victory and move to 5-1. and one. So when should this team be discussed as a Super Bowl contender? We're breaking the entire Vikes-Dolphins game down and going around the NFL. It's all coming up next on Superior Sports Talk. 11 sports anchor Reggie Wilson covers the Twin City sports scene non-stop. Luke Inman is ready to put him on the hot seat. That's what you're gonna do to me. Instant analysis. Yanked. Out you go. Post-game breakdowns and red-hot takes. The Timberwolves need a stitch. Reggie and Luke give you a daily dose of Minnesota sports with Superior Sports Talk. Part of Locked On Sports Minnesota. And it starts now. Back in the lab, Reggie and Luke back at it. Another episode, Superior Sports Talk presented by Locked On Sports Minnesota. It's your daily 30-minute breakdown of everything Minnesota sports, which you can now find streaming on your Roku or Amazon Fire Stick devices. Look out for and download our Locked On Sports Minnesota app there as well. That's Reggie Wilson on Twitter, at Reggie Wilson TV and on CARE 11. Another victory Monday, Reg. Can you believe it? Our fourth in a row. I said we were getting spoiled last week. This is just downright ridiculous now, man. What do we do to deserve this? I don't know, but, you know, the Vikings are off until next Sunday, and mm -hmm. they may not want to be off right now with all this momentum they have. Lots to get into, but first, remember, follow along, Locked On Minnesota YouTube channel. Hit the subscribe button, leave us a comment, and on Twitter, give us a follow. It's at Locked On. M-I-N. And remember, we're a podcast too, free and available, all platforms, Spotify, Apple, you name it, we got it. Tons of great choices over there. You got the Ron Johnson show, you got the football party and more. It's your one-stop shop with endless Viking stock with local experts. Do us a favor, hit the subscribe button and drop us a five-star review. All right. To football we go, where your Minnesota Vikings, they've won their fourth game in a row, as mentioned, moving to 5-1, and one, all atop, all alone in the NFC North right now. Reg, it's like they're what feels like 873rd one-score game that they've played <laughs> over the last few years. But despite that, honestly, a lot of the same cast going on right now from those Mike Zimmer 2020-2021 teams. The huge difference, though, being Mike Zimmer to Kevin O'Connell finding ways to win these close games games this year it ain't always pretty and in fact yesterday kind of got downright ugly at times Vikings offense started the game with four straight three and outs they ended the day with 10 three and outs on 15 drives they were outproduced from a yardage total by over 200 yards by the Dolphins but yet they still found a way to win it's just so rare to see that in the NFL. And it would be one thing to say, okay, kind of fluky. Every team has that one, maybe two games a year where they win one on paper that they probably shouldn't have won. But the Vikes the past four weeks came from behind against Detroit with a two-minute drive, went to London, beat the Saints by four, last-second field goal. And then the next week versus the Bears, despite not taking a bye after the long trip from London, they beat the Bears. And then this Miami team here that everyone crowned this Miami Dolphins team, Reg, a few weeks ago as like the, their favorite team or one of the best up-and-coming teams in the league. Does this feel sustainable here, Reg? Like, is there a certain luck factor involved that eventually is going to dry up for this team? Or is this the mark of a good team that has maybe just flipped a switch under KOC and is just learning how to win close games. What's your thoughts on that? Who knows? I tweeted after the game yesterday. I was like, what is this Viking season? <laughs> we don't and know. the answers range from, well, they, they got another win, going to buy a week, come back to the bank and do it all over again to, man, this is just not sustainable the defense or the offense and 
yesterday was just a cornucopia of just what the what because like at times the the defense looked ridiculous Mm -hmm. at times the offense looked ridiculous in a bad way Mm -hmm. and then it, it just seems like here's the thing it just seems like when the team needs to make a play they find a way to do it but it's just like they have to get like slapped around a little bit, you know, uppercut, punched in the gut a couple times. And it's just like, oh, shoot. Oh, man. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. We're snapping out of it. Okay. Cool. Okay. We're going to score. Okay. Cool. We're going to get an interception. Cool. Timely sack. And it's just like, it just feels like they're playing with fire every week. And, you know, I think most people are like, you know, at some point, you can't break that glass and grab that fire extinguisher out of the hallway. Like at some point is <laughs> is gone, you know, like at some point somebody already took it and they're on the next floor with it. And it's, it's interesting because the, the one game that they lost against the Eagles, like it wasn't close, mm-hmm. you know, there were times where it felt like they could get back into the game, but it, it just ended up not being very close. And then all these other games with the exception of week one, have been close and you're just like i don't i don't really understand you look at the defensive performance yesterday and you say oh yeah the defense was you know wonderful kevin o'connell gave the whole defense a game ball yesterday but then you look and teddy teddy two gloves had 329 yards through the air with not a whole lot of practice reps this week two touchdowns and it was like if it weren't for some of these timely turnovers near the end and a couple of timely sacks, like that game was about to get really, really interesting. And at some point you're just like, dang, they can't keep winning like this. Like it's not sustainable, but then they just keep doing it. And you're just like, okay, but I don't think, I don't think you can go so far to say like, Oh, this is a really good football team. Like they are what their record says they are. So they're not terrible. They're not bad. But it's just like there are certain things that you see with this that you're just like, I don't know, like they got to sure this up. They got to sure that up if they want to, you know, be this, be that. Because, you know, if, if you're talking about a playoff football team, you can't turn the ball over. You can't you can't have the offense sputter like that. You had I don't know if you heard yesterday on the broadcast, Jonathan Vilma at certain times was like, where's the creativeness? Like, where's the creativity? Where's the, you know, where's this, this offense that, you know, people are ranting and raving about with Kevin O'Connell. Like he compared it to what they looked like last year under Mike Zimmer. And it was just like, Oh, Oh, that, you know, whoa, those whoa, are whoa, whoa, whoa. low blow. Yeah. Like low blow. Cheap if shot. Come on. was listening to that on his bye week you know, chilling with the fam. He's just like, let me turn this, this Miami <laughs> game on. Let's see, you know, let's course correct here. And he heard Jonathan Vilma say, hold on, wait a minute, what's Vilma's number? What's his number? Hey, hey, call him up. Hey, how dare you? How dare you? You see this office that I'm running? How dare you compare me to last year? And honestly, though, with, with how some of these drives sputtered, I really can't blame him. You know, he, he, he asked, like, where's all the window dressing? Where's the motion? You know, there was a... a a short yardage play that he ended up giving it to the up back for the first down. He's just like, what in the world is this offense? 
and you know it worked but you just don't expect uh something like that from from high how high powered of an offense this was supposed to be but look they got the win they got the dub so i guess all is well that ends well yeah, it's just the second time ever the Vikes have won a game with less than 240 yards while they gave up over 450 yards. That was in mm -hmm. 1988 versus the Bears 28-27 win. You touched on this a little bit already. I want to come back to the defense specifically. Hey, they shined, carried this team, kept it close anyways, when there were numerous times the Dolphins should have at least owned a lead or put more pressure on the Vikes offense than there ever was. The team had 32 quarterback pressures. 32. Previous high was 20. They had 13 quarterback hits. They had six total sacks. That was the pressure we've been banging the table for under Donatel all year. My goodness. It was the veterans, too, that we went into the season really saying, these are the guys that are going to have to carry this defense. And why we kind of all had high hopes for them on paper in the preseason and training camp going into the year. Yesterday, Harrison Smith. He had an interception, two big pass breakups, and a key force fumble on Jalen Waddle. Patrick Peterson, four pass breakups, game ceiling interception. Passer rating good. allowed was under 30. And then PFF credited Zadarius Smith with 11 pressures and Hunter with six. Your thoughts on the defensive performance? I know it wasn't perfect by any means, but do you think this is one of those games that we look back and say, that's the game where it all started to click there? Because again, Donatel said, hey, I've been doing this for a long time. I'm telling you, it takes a month or so switching to this 3-4 mm, for a lot yep, of guys. Yep. And then talk that. to me about the veterans too on this defense that really feels like they're the catalyst, man. When they have any type of success, it's one of those veterans on the team, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So I will say this. We touched on this a lot on Vikings Extra last night on CARE 11. I have been calling for the edge department to meet mm -hmm. at the quarterback for weeks now, Luke. Like, you can run the tape back every <laughs> week. I'm saying, like, dang, what, what happened to the sacks? Where are the pressures? And yesterday, it was like they heard us, and they were like, okay, we're here. You had a sack from Hicks, Hunter, Smith, two from Patrick Jones. And look, this program, us too, we love us some DJ Wanham. He was mm -hmm. out yesterday, illness. Patrick Jones comes in, two sacks. Incredible. Just incredible effort from the defensive front seven. Then you look at the back end. Dude, Harrison Smith, for talks of his demise or whatever you want to say, his decline, shut up. Whoever's saying that, shut up. The dude had a game. The interception, <laughs> I don't know if, if you want to give it to him and Kendricks together, they simultaneously <laughs> yeah. intercepted that ball. That was a goofy play, but mm -hmm. I was pretty, pretty sure that that ball did not touch the ground, and I'm glad that they ruled it the way that they did because I think that was the right call. Ended up in Harry's hands. And then, look, it looked like the Dolphins were about to come back and really make things interesting. Harry just like, whoop, like, yep. Knock that ball out of Jalen Waddle's hands. Jalen Waddle's on the sideline just cussing himself. Bombing. Bombing. I mean, out. just upset. That that hoop earring was just dangling. <laughs> just dangling. And he was upset. And then, you know, you 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 come out there, Dalvin Cook scores the the touchdown. We'll get into that. 
And then mm-hmm. Patrick Peterson, boom, the two Florida guys going back to to Miami and and doing their thing. Peterson jumps in front of Teddy's pass for the interception. They're doing the waddle celebration in the end zone and the group celebration like from the front seven to the back end they had themselves quite a day quite a day and look we talked about it i always bring it up they play this bend but don't break defense it's been mighty bendy and it was Mm -hmm. bendy yesterday when uh they let gasicki score that that touchdown and and literally do the gritty for five or whatever the heck yeah, that what was. was that, that was not pretty Stop it. for for about five straight minutes all the way to the sideline on the sideline i was just like enough already stop i think the defense probably took that more personal than anything they're like dang they we might have dance like this yeah all right we got to come out here and make some plays and they did that and i think that was that was very very encouraging to see. And I said last night on Vikings Extra on CARE 11, the defensive front seven specifically, as you mentioned, might look back at this game and say, okay, I think we got our swagger back. That was a confidence-building type of a performance. Six sacks, incredible effort from that front seven. Edge department, come on, been calling for them every week. Looks like they might be back. PFF's top five defensive players, Zadarius Smith, 92. PFF does not just hand out 90 grades, okay? No, like, they a don't. A good grade is like 70. That's solid. <laughs> like, that's these. Zadarius Smith, 92. Hunter, 90.7. Peterson, 89.9. Call Sheesh. it 90. Patrick Jones, 76. Harrison Smith, 68. So, uh, again, they just don't hand out those types of grades. It tells you, speaks volumes, how dominant Zadarius and Hunter and Patrick Peterson were. Again, I hope this is the game, like we just mentioned. We can look back and say, yep, Donatel was right. Look at that. It was that Miami game, week six, when it all started to click together for that defense a little bit. Offensively, though, way different story. Never know what you're going to get with the squad week to week, man. I mean, they opened up the game four straight three and outs. Ten of the 15 drives were three and outs, which is insane because Mm -hmm. the Dolphins were one of the worst teams in the league in forcing three and outs. So try to figure that one out. But in the end, just felt like they did just enough again. Cousins, kind of this Jekyll and Hyde, man. Two TD drives. Goes 11 for 11. Perfect. 141, yeah. two touchdowns. Rest of the game, 9 for 19 for 34 yards. 34 yards? Playoffs? <laughs> How do you even throw nine completions for 34 yards? Like, you're managing, what, three and a half, four yards per throw nine times? We'll get into it. Anyways, Cousins was under duress all day. He only took three sacks, but the Dolphins' defense managed seven quarterback hits on him, and the guy just had loads of pressure in his face all day long. The theme seems to be the same, though, here, Reg. Offense does just enough to win, which is great at the end of the day, but how much does it worry you that they keep going through these long lulls? I'm talking multiple quarters every game where they're just so inept, it seems like. How much does that worry you knowing that, okay, we're winning games for now, but is the well going to dry up here eventually? When can they get consistent here under Kevin O'Connell? Yeah, like I think at some point you feel like it, it will dry up if they keep doing what they're doing. And look, Kevin O'Connell every week, is getting asked about this and he's like look we we're still trying to get in sync we're still trying to do the best that we can 
I don't know if sometimes maybe his play calling just I don't know. I think he's still figuring it out as a play caller. He was not a primary play caller in his last few stops. And so this is something that is fairly newish to him. And so I think he's still just trying to get a feel for how to attack and and how to get things going. It's weird because it's like when their backs are against the wall, he has these bread and butter plays that he's Mm -hmm. like, okay, these will work. These will get us where we need to go. But it's weird. It's like when the back is not against the wall, where are those bread and butter plays? You know, where's the attacking? I think for once, we would love to see this offense just put up like 35 or something like that. Just five touchdowns rolling. You know, every drive is is a is a positive drive and and they're just rolling and rolling and rolling. But we just haven't seen that yet. We've seen flashes where we're like, whoo, this offense can be scary. But then, you know, there are other times where it's just like, what is this offense? And I think that's something that, you know, maybe teams are making adjustments as as the game is going along. But also, you know, the offense needs to be making adjustments as well. And that's just a little bit scary. You, you continue to see the run game not get going as much as it should. And I don't know if it's a blocking thing. I think it's a timing thing. I think the defenses are are noticing like, hey, they're going to run here. Let's stop it here. And I think that's tough as an offense to try to get into a rhythm when you can't establish the run because Kirk Cousins is great off play action and bootleg. And when the run is not necessarily a threat, the play action and the bootleg is not as big of a threat as it should be or as it could be because you haven't established the run to keep the defense honest and keep them on their toes. And so I think that's something that, you know, over the bye week as as weeks go along, that's going to be something that they focus on because you think about it, these teams in the playoffs, if, if they are trying to get there or, you know, even moving forward this season, going against some teams on the schedule like the Bills and the Cardinals, the the Giants, the Patriots, like when they start playing some of these better teams, they are not going to be able to have some of these lulls. Like they're going to have to either go toe-to-toe with them or or try to put teams away early. And you would love to see that. You would love to see them not, you know, activate the Pepto-Bismol and fans, you know, the Maylocks and, and all that other stuff, the the Tums, because, you know, you got indigestion from watching the Vikings every Sunday. Like, Sundays are supposed to be holy days. The Vikings are turning them into, uh, you know what, I, I won't even go there. But the, the Sundays are, are very stressful for Vikings fans, and I think it's partially because, you see all the talent on this offense, but they just don't don't put it together consistently. And look, call it you know growing pains of a of a new regime trying to put his stamp on the team, but they're winning in spite of. And I guess that's the that's the encouraging part that you hope that as they continue to win, they continue to figure these things out, and then they just continue to streak and streak on until they string all these wins together. And all of a sudden, you got a good season you look back you're like man earlier this year they were winning games that maybe they shouldn't have but they did win them and now they're winning games going away this is a good football team i would love to say you know come week 15 
we can say those type of things about this team. Okay, so Vikes win another close one. This time, defense dominated, offense does just enough. But who are the unsung heroes of the game, Reg? Like, guy maybe that didn't get a ton of spotlight at first glance. Just give me one. I'll give you mine here real quick. Ryan Wright, a.k.a. Mr. Mm. Wright, as they like to call him. I'll tell you okay. what, when you have 10 three and outs, you desperately need good punting to help flip the field. And all that guy did was... He sent one into outer space, man. One of them's still up there. I'm not kidding. I've never seen a 73-yard punt live like that. Thing of beauty, 10 punts in all, six inside the 20. He made that Dolphins offense scratch and claw for every yard yesterday, which doesn't sound like much, but in these close games, week in and week out, when you're always in these close games, it's the little things that will make you or break you. And Ryan Wright, the UDFA, making Matt Daniels look like a special teams coach of the year. I don't know if they hand those things out or if they award special. They should, though because Matt Daniels would be in the running. Who you got? Unsung hero from yesterday. So I think one of my, uns I think I have a, a few, but one of okay. my unsung heroes from, from the day yesterday, and I mentioned him already, but Harrison Smith. Like, yes. the dude is an ageless wonder out there. Like, mm -hmm. he went out there and just balled out, forcing the fumble, the interception, being in the right place at the right time, he was a guy for me that really was a difference maker. And if not for him being on that field yesterday, I don't know that the Vikings win that football game, plain and simple. Also, Dalvin Cook in his homecoming, he was bottled up for most of the day. Most of the day. When they needed him the most, he goes out there, busts out this 53-yard touchdown with his family in the stands, some people that, you know, he he knows in the stands, in front of his people, down in Miami, homecoming, does his thing, and, and really put the team up when they needed him the most. And that just, it it's something to be said about Dalvin Cook this year because he is yet to get a 100-yard game, but he just keeps chopping that wood. And every week, you know, we ask him about his performance, and he's just like, I'm not satisfied. I'm not satisfied with it. I only had, you know, such and such yards, but, you know, I'm just here for – last week he was like, I'm just here for ground control, man. I, I'm just here for ground control. They they let me, you know, do what I need to do, and I, I'm just here for ground control. And yesterday, when they needed the ground control, he really cooked on them. He turned up the heat out there in Miami and, and kind of helped put the team away. And so – he was he was one of one of my uh, unsung heroes. Also, didn't really get a whole lot of shine or love yesterday because it was it was kind of quiet. Justin Jefferson quietly had another 100 yard receiving day. Uh, the the one long catch that he had for 47 yards. He had an average catch of 17.8 yards yesterday. Stop Didn't it. really hear his name Quiet. called a Quiet. crazy amount yesterday, but when they needed a play, Kirk was able to find him, and he just kept the chains moving, and, it, you know, it really wasn't a lot of fanfare behind it because you didn't see him get in the end zone. We saw an Adam Thielen gritty yesterday. We didn't see a Justin Jefferson gritty yesterday, and so, you know, that was what it was, but if he had not have had the type of production that he had yesterday, some of those offensive drives would have stalled even more. Absolutely. And, and I'm so glad you brought up Dalvin, by the way, too, because remember after the London game, I was 
I was really digging into this guy. I said, this guy's kind of a home run hitter. Like it's a lot of mm -hmm. one, two, three yard carries, minus one, lose two. But when there's no home runs, when there's no chunk plays, splash plays, it's really, it's a tough pill to swallow. It's almost like give me Madison, who's a little bit more consistent, doesn't give you that higher ceiling. Where's the big home run plays? Where's the chunk plays? And then it took all game, just a couple minutes left in that game. But we finally got that big chunk play, his longest play of the season up until that point, 22 yards. That came on that reverse last lateral pass from Justin Jefferson the week before week four mm -hmm. his longest play was 16 yards finally though we got that big splash play that home run from Dalvin Cook and that's what you love to see keeping defenses honest knowing that he can bust a big one at any time all right plenty more Vikings and NFL talk to get into next we're going to look ahead for the Vikes and go around the NFL with our gimme one segment but first Vikes now 12 to 1 to win the Super Bowl after being one of only five teams to be 5 and 1 or better this season remaining. Make sure to keep tabs all season long and check those odds out and more with Bet Online. BetOnline.net, fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Stats, news, info, you want it, they got it. NFL, MLB, NBA, even MMA and UFC. BetOnline makes betting easy and is your number one source for all your betting needs. Go to BetOnline.net today to learn more. That's BetOnline.net. It's where the game starts. And remember, when you subscribe to Locked on Sports Minnesota, you're getting endless Vikings talk with local experts. You got Sam and Ron talking football every day on the Ron Johnson Show. Reggie Wilson gives you a sports anchor's perspective right here on Superior Sports Talk. And the Minnesota Football Party brings together the top Vikings podcasters in the city. Subscribe to the free Locked on Sports Minnesota podcast feed wherever you find your podcast. Drop us a five-star review or Find our videos on the Locked On Sports Minnesota YouTube channel. Hit the subscribe button. Leave us a comment. Let us know what you think. And you can now find us streaming on your Roku or Amazon Fire Stick devices. Just download our Locked On Sports Minnesota app and enjoy all our content and daily shows for free at your fingertips any day, anytime. All right. Time has come. Favorite segments here. New segment. But I'm digging this one, man. It's called Give Me One. Give Me One. Going around the NFL today after some dramatic week six action here. Let's just start from the top. Reg, give me one of your favorite wild moments from week six. I got three options. The shorthanded Steelers down like five guys, studs, down Brady and the Bucks. Option number two, the state of New York thriving with wins over Lamar Jackson and the Ravens and Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Or three, Robbie Anderson, Panthers wide receiver, <laughs> basically gets fired mid-game and gets the boot from the head coach. He's toast. Which one was your favorite wild moment from week three? Yo, that Robbie Anderson thing was wild. Like, I remember when uh, Singletary kicked vernon davis out you know he can't play with that. him can't coach with him can't win with him can't do it i want do it. winners <laughs> send him to the shower like that was crazy oh, i was just like, i forgot about really that do that yeah and it yeah. was funny because i was at a rams game one time when uh singletary got into it with troy smith on the sideline and i'm just like dang this dude is just Woo, he is hard to get he along did. with. But I think if 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 I had to do one, uh, it's the state of New York thriving, man. Like it, it dominates headlines. Freaking Giants are five and one. I, I you know, we 
I feel like their five and one is different than the Vikings five and one, but they just keep finding ways to win these football games. And it's just like, well, you are what your record says you are. Although I do not really believe in Daniel Jones and I don't believe that the Giants have enough weapons to sustain this. If Saquon Barkley stays healthy, that definitely gives them a shot. But that's exciting. And then what the the freaking Jets did to the Packers yesterday, good Lord, like the Packers just look out of sorts. And what's funny is the Jets found a way to win that really didn't put too much pressure on Zach Wilson. The book is still out on whether or not he's going to be a great quarterback in the league. Mm -hmm. But they really didn't ask him to do a whole lot yesterday. They won with special teams, with defense. They were coming after Rodgers. I know – Rodgers is just just like, did you see uh, yesterday, Luke, when Tom Brady just berated his offensive lineman on the sideline yesterday? He's just cussing at him, telling them they they could be better in Mm -hmm. so many words, uh, Mm -hmm. very colorful words. Mm -hmm. I wonder at what point does Rodgers do that with his guys? Because, like, he has been getting absolutely brutally beaten this season. And the Jets got after his tail yesterday. And so that's really encouraging to see the Jets at four and two, the Giants at five and one, like the two New York teams look for, I don't know how sustainable it is, how long that they can keep this up, but I think they are the biggest story right now in the NFL outside of the Eagles being six and oh. No, absolutely. And by the way, our boy, Sauce Gardner. Oh my gosh. Sauce. Just ripping it up with the cheese head afterwards, man. (laughs) Defensive rookie of the year looking pretty primo right now. Between the Brady and Rodgers thing, give me the quarterback that's at least emotional and fired up and looks like he cares so much, even though he may be taking it out on some teammates. First, the guy who it can probably come off like, all right, he's cool and calm. Rodgers is taking a beating, but, you know, he's zen. He's fine. He's got that ayahuasca trip planned this offseason. He's cool. But you know what? (laughs) At a certain point, Where's the emotion? It almost starts to come off like maybe you don't care that much. Maybe it's not that big of a deal if we win or lose. Maybe you're just not that invested as the other guy like a Brady is. So interesting to see their two different paths, and we'll see where they end up at the end of the year. Last one real quick. Let's do one more. Give me one overreaction. Three options. Number one, the Bills will have home field number one seed advantage in the AFC playoffs. Number two, the Patriots offense is better with Billy Zapiak quarterback. And number three, the Jets are a threat to make the playoffs in the AFC. Which one's an overreaction? The overreaction is the Jets are the threat to make the playoffs. Just because, like I said, the book is out on Zach Wilson mm-hmm. and whether or not he can lead the Jets to where they need to go. Like, at some point, you have to put it in the quarterback's hands and make him make a play. And not just a play, but a lot of plays. And I think that's something that is still just, I don't know, it it, it remains to be seen whether or not he can do what he needs, needs to do. But that being said, they've put some really great pieces around him. Like I said, the defense looks outstanding. You know, with Sauce, C.J. Mosley, you know, like these these guys are out there doing the daggone thing. And then you look at the offense. They got a couple great tight ends with Uzama, led by Uzama out there. 
their running back room with Carter and Brees Hall looks like a dude, man. Like some of those runs he broke out. I was just watching those highlights earlier on the elliptical and like, I'm just like, dang, like he looks like a really great pickup for them. RB1 out here. And so like they have some great pieces around Zach Wilson, you know, Corey Coleman, you know, out there receiving Garrett Wilson when he comes back from injury, like they have some, some guys, but can he do what he needs to do to put it all together? The the other things like the Bills having home field in the playoffs, like that's totally conceivable. Uh, the Patriots offense is better with Bailey Zappi. Like they just do whatever they need to do, you know, at any position. Quarterback, it doesn't matter. Bailey Zappi, Mac Jones, Mac and Cheese, like it, it just doesn't matter who they put back there. They they just seem to get some results because they have Belichick. Like he's the dude. And so like I'm okay with saying maybe the offense is better with Zappy, but like you can say that with Mac Jones if Mac Jones comes back. But I think the biggest overreaction is this Jets making the playoffs. If it does happen, it's because Zach Wilson bossed up. Yeah, well, you're right. Like, jury's still out on Zach Wilson. Can't argue that. But you can't tell me. Nobody can tell me that one good offseason in the NFL can have a monster impact on your franchise. Look what the Jets did in mm -hmm. that draft. Sauce Gardner, maybe the defensive rookie of the year favorite right now. Garrett Wilson, one of the stud wide receivers helping your offense. Jermaine Johnson, we haven't seen a ton of yet, but when he's been on the field, he's flashed, an edge guy. Another toy for Robert Sala and what he's done with that defense. And then Brees yeah. Hall who just looks like a stud. You want to take pressure off your young quarterback? And that's what you do. You surround him with good weapons. So offensive line, Mekhi Becton out for the year again. He got banged up. But, I mean, what they did in that draft has clearly been the catalyst of what they're doing now on the field. Four and two, stun in the league right now. Fun to see. Certainly hope Zach Wilson figures it out and he continues to progress and develop as well. All right. That's a wrap today. Back tomorrow, breaking down more Vikes, NFL, T-Wolves, Wild. We got a lot going on. Remember, like, rate, review, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Join us every day for another episode with your 30-minute breakdown on everything Minnesota sports. We're a podcast too, free and available all platforms. Subscribe, drop us a five-star review, and find us streaming now on your Roku or Amazon Fire Stick devices. Just look out for our Locked On Sports Minnesota app there as well. That's the man, Reggie Wilson, on Twitter, at TV. Check him out every night up on CARE 11. I'm Luke Inman on Twitter, at Luke underscore Spinman. Special thanks to our producer, Matt DeBritz. Tune in tomorrow to Superior Sports Talk, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota. For Reggie, I'm Luke. Until tomorrow, signing out. Be blessed. Spread love this week.